And y'all don't know oh, what oh, I went man. through. Do you have a car in your hands right now? <laughs> Nike Talk was that place that spiraled what you enjoy now. Anyone who brought a, a Kobe shoe in, I would clean it for free. Man, my was better than a lot of people in the league. I got I saw the, my favorite jerseys, that one, the Barkley, Kobe Fours. Episode 45, this is the Danden and RG Machismo podcast. This is Danden. Uh, my co-host RG Machismo won't be here tonight, but he did say what's up to everybody. So tonight we got a very special guest. We got the second of fourth OG member of the Sneaker History podcast. We have Rohit Malhotra. How are you doing tonight? I am honored that you gave me such a beautiful runway of an introduction and even more honored that you nailed the pronunciation. Great yes. work, Andy. Yes. All right. Like, I, I totally it. get where Mateo gets the good grades from because that um, was fantastic. No, no. The, the apple didn't fall far from the tree on me. No, so. it did. Anyway, how are you otherwise? <laughs> All good? Everything's good. How's everything with you over there in Oregon? And it, it's another beautiful sunny slash rainy day here where we mistake the rain for sun because sometimes you just need that kind of positive experience in your life, but can't complain. Uh, just finished up work and now looking forward to chatting with one of my favorite people on the sneaker history forum. Hey, we're going to talk about more about the sneaker history uh, forum. So, all right, uh, Rhodes, so just a little icebreaker. Uh, so just tell us more about yourself. Sure. Uh, Rhodes Malhotra. I have been in Oregon now for about 11, 12 years. Originally, I was born in India, and my folks immigrated to the States when I was six, and they immigrated to Seattle, Washington, and we were at the time living right across the street from the Space Needle and the Key Arena, and we had moved right during the heart of basketball season, and for us, coming from India especially, cricket was the only sport that mattered, except for kids like me who love professional wrestling, and I was just captivated by the beauty and the artistry of basketball, so I tried to figure out everything I could about what makes the sport so awesome to me. And ultimately, as you fall in love with basketball, you start falling in love with other tenants of the culture. So sneakers were was that next gateway drug in a sense. And just seeing the iconic imagery of Michael Jordan doing the things that he does, and you see Sir Charles just be this mal mouthy malcontent, but he backs it up with his game. And you just kind of fall in love with the, all this other stuff like hip hop and commercials. So that to me was kind of my important stage of trying to figure out who am I going to be when I get to the big boy leagues of middle school and high school. So stayed in Seattle for about a year. And then my folks had the option to either move to New York City or Jefferson City, Missouri. And they thought, you know what, we need to see our boys grow up. And while New York City gives us a lot, it doesn't give us exactly that. So we moved to this rural town in Missouri. And it was one of those things where you go to that town and you realize, okay, everybody likes college basketball. Everybody likes country music what do I need to do? I need to make sure I get even more established in my love of basketball and hip hop and sneakers because for a lot of people, and this is kind of an absurd thing to say in hindsight, I would be their first gateway to any sort of diversity. So I wanna make sure that I represent not only myself, but my interests really well. So that's why I think I felt so passionate about all this stuff. And ultimately it culminated in joining the Sneaker History Podcast. Yeah, that's dope. So growing up, Rowett, um... Who was like your, I know you, you're everyone like a big fan, like Michael Jordan. So like, what was, was there like a certain like a sports team that you followed aside, I'm, I'm assuming aside from the Chicago Bulls while you were living in Seattle? So for us, it was good because initially we loved the Sonics because it was the year that they were in the final. So 96. And then when we moved to Missouri, like my kind of basketball love 
translate it to Grant Hill because I was always captivated by the art of passing because when you score, obviously one person is happy, but if you pass the ball, you're essentially making two people happy because you're passing the ball. And if you throw a great pass, there's no greater feeling. And then I kind of fell out of it a little bit. And one day I see this kid and I say kid because he looked very much like a high schooler, but it was the flashiest behind the elbow passing like between the legs over his head. And that was Jason Williams. And I think the same year that Vince Carter came in the league, I think he and Jason Williams probably saved the NBA for people that were frustrated because we were coming out of a lockout. And then all of a sudden you literally saw these two guys every night put on a spectacle. And as much as I could wax poetic about Allen Iverson, I will give people the free plug to please listen Nick Engvall's episode because he did a tremendous job also articulating the fact that Allen Iverson was that guy for us. And it's one of those things where when we have this discussion, people always kind of say, oh, I'm a part of the MJ generation or I'm part of the Kobe generation. I think AI has kind of been nestled in between because as much as Kobe Bryant was popular at that time, you couldn't tell anybody that Allen Iverson was second place because we all kind of rode for him. And I know Nick had mentioned this kind of comparison and I always thought Allen Iverson belonged to us in the streets because he was truly what we were about, which was having fun, having a ball, but then also ultimately embodying all these principles that we tell each other like we need to have, which was perseverance, grit, endurance. And he was probably pound for pound the most exciting player I saw. But enough of me kind of copying off of Nick's answers. I would say just a whole collection of people. Hey, that's, I mean, that's dope. I mean, like I said, and you know, we've, you, we live in that, that 90 nostalgia where sneakers, athletes, you know, um, sports, those kind of all intertwine, like why we love sneakers so much. So, you know, I can totally relate where you're coming from, where like you see something, you want to know more about it, like Grant Hill and Jason Williams and, you know, a, you know, AI, those are like, you know, the people that we looked up to and the people that entertained us over the years. So yeah, I completely like know where you're coming from as far as like, um, you know, what, like what in entertained you and what inspired you. All yeah, right. I was going to ask you, like, oh, if you don't mind me asking, I'll yeah, yeah. turn this over to you a little bit. How do you feel? Because I think the way that you and I kind of wax poetic about AI, I know you're a big Washington wizard slash bullets guy. Like, what happens when your son comes to you and be like, Paul, tell me about Gilbert Arenas? Because I feel like he has some of that same yeah. imagination that was captured because he was also kind of a way a score first point guard like AI, but he, there was very much a tongue in cheek aspect to him. I mean, he was probably the first one with a blog that we were all kind of following. Mm -hmm. Like talk to me about that because I know you're a Washington guy through and yeah. through. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad, I mean, I'm kind of glad that you said, you said that. Cause uh, yeah, Gil, Gilbert Arenas is my, like my, my guy, uh, all time favorite NBA player. Um, you know, it was a privilege, like you know, when I was living in DC, I, it was a privilege like watching him live. Even like, I was even a fan of him when he was with Arizona because he was different. Like what type of NBA um, college player will play in, in air, air tune air, in air maxes, you know, who would play in Hirachis, air, you know, air max nineties, air max ones. He was different. And, you know, he had that underdog mentality. And then, you know, like he went to Golden State and signed with the Wizards, dropped 60 on Kobe, you know what I mean? He was a perennial all-star and then the whole gun incident happened. And, um, like I would say like last year uh, when Kobe passed away, 
uh, it was actually Kobe that told Gilbert, you know what, I want you to, you know, use your, your knowledge of the game and teach the younger youth. So there was an open invite for Gilbert on the social media. Hey, like I'm, you know, becoming a new coach. I'm going to be here from this time to that time. You know what? I dropped everything at work, took my kid. He's, I had all this merch. He saw me in like the, the first all-star jersey that um, he wore. I had my kid suited up in the whole Gil jersey. And he just mouthed this drop. I said, hey, man, like I said, I'm a fan. <laughs> I'm a fan. And then it's funny, like, um, you know, he signed all my autograph, you know, signed all my stuff. And, um, you know, he, we were actually on TV, too, because I think the local news was uh, recording, uh, you know, they were just like filming him, interviewing him. So my kid got like 20 seconds of like TV time. So, you know, like when I would watch like something on TV, like my kid would watch it with me. Uh, he's now he's, he's, he said he's a Lakers fan because that's what he sees on TV. But when he sees me wear like a jersey, like he'll ask, hey, what's, what's number zero? And I'll tell him and I'll show him a highlight. So it's kind of like they're that that um, that age where they're being sponges where, OK, yes. if my dad likes it, then I'm going to try to like it. But I don't want to be that parent where I'm force feeding them something like you have to be a Washington fan no matter what, because I'm that's where I'm from. If that's who they want to cheer for, I'd want to be a Laker fan, LeBron fan, so be it. So. You know, it's it's fun. It's like you're seeing your kid grow from your very own eyes. And with you, Rowan, you know, I know you have a baby dog, you know, baby girl as she gets older and she sees dad copying shoes and watching T NBA, NFL, like, you know, you know, that'll hopefully spark her interest or it'll just have that bonding moment when you guys, you know, get over the years kind of thing. No, and I will also use this opportunity to shine a light on the gentleman that's interviewing me. So we have a particular channel in our forum that was recently christened the Jabroni Chat. And Ooh. as you can tell by the nomenclature, it's about wrestling. Nice. And we have one of those moments that while we have a lot of common interests, I think one of the strongest interests that's binded a lot of the folks on that forum together is being a dad and then the i would say billion dollar smile that your son had at his first <laughs> wrestling event Aww. is literally the embodiment of what you were just chatting about so right. i just wanted to make sure that this guy does a lot of great things but one of the things if not the greatest thing he does is make sure he continues to be that awesome dad so i just wanted to give you that moment to say thank you dandan but anyway where were we before i took hey. us off this pan tangent no sorry and you know you know back to you wrote you know you're also Props to you for being a, a cool dad. I see on your social media all the little dad jokes that you pull. You pull with your with your. I, I laugh because I pull the same dad jokes like you do. So it's like a it's like a that. it's like an old, it's like a dad thing, you know. Like we vibe on it. Like it's for so sure. corny, but like hey, like I get it because I say I say the same jokes like Rosebud is doing with his daughter. That's the best part about being a dad. I think is you can embrace your inner corniness and people yeah. are going to give you a pass and then if anything if they're like dandan or myself they're going to be like you know what give us more give us more content yeah. so that's what we're about corny dad content there you go there you go all right rose so next question for you um what inspired you and how did you get into sneakers uh i think what inspired me about sneakers was going back to that conversation you and i were having previously of being this embodiment of hip-hop culture sneaker culture basketball culture in the professional sense in this town in rural missouri 
And I remember like any kid from that era, I had my subscription of Slam Magazine. And it was one of those things that I had allowance of 20 bucks a month. And it was a given that five bucks of that 20 would always go to that month's Slam. And literally, I remember visiting the airport in St. Louis because we were dropping off my grandparents. And it's kind of sad for us because they spent most of the time in India. So it was a real treat for us whenever our grandparents would come and visit. And I think we were especially particularly sad because we were going, not going to be able to see them for about a year and a half. So my mom, as great moms and great parents do, is like, you know what, boys, here's an extra five bucks. Let's get you something just because I don't want this day to be about sadness. So we went to the bookstore at the St. Louis uh, Lambert Airport and I was like, oh, this magazine looks familiar. It's got the same iconic, uh, icons as Slam, but it's Kicks. I wonder what, and I, you know what, I'm just going to buy it. And the next day I took that to school, it was this new world had opened to me. And all these people that previously were like, oh, bro, it's this guy. Like, oh, I didn't know you like sneakers. I like sneakers too. Check out my Terminators, check out my Jordans. And I was one of those things that I always tell people growing up in a rural town in Missouri, you can either be very quiet or you have to force yourself to talk to everybody because you can't be snobby about that sort of thing. So I say it inspired me to get out of my comfort shell and then also kind of in a way honor my grandparents' memory because that's something I hold very near and dear is I still have that copy of Kicks Magazine. I think it might've been the one with Quentin Richardson and D -Miles. Uh, Darius Miles. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So 17. Yep. I know that. Yep. 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 Exactly. So it was just one of that. And then how I got into sneakers further literally was just from that moment on, I was like, I need to do something with regards to sneakers. And I don't know what it was. And I thought for the longest time I would be a teacher, especially in that elementary high school range. And my parents had this very sobering talk with me where like, hey, we love the fact that you want to get into this profession, but we want you to realize something. Unfortunately, teachers don't make that much. And it's a sad, sad state of affairs. But if you want to continue on this lifestyle of having the ability to purchase sneakers, you may want to look at something else. And I was like, you know what? Real talk. I appreciate that mom and dad. And it was also something similar that Nick had mentioned. I've heard you mention as well. It's like, we were not able to get sneakers growing up. And it was one of those things that the day we got our citizenship in America, my dad to celebrate took us to a footlocker. And he said, boys, both of you get any two pairs of shoes you want. And that was one of those things to us that let us know, hey, we made it in America because we are no longer shopping at Payless. We're going to Foot Locker and we can pick up all the heat. So right. that's why for me, sneakers has always been a part of my journey. It literally has helped me walk into doors I never thought possible. And in other times, it's also represented what the struggle was for not only myself, but more importantly, my parents as they were trying to make their life and more importantly, their kid's life better by coming to this strange land. You know, that, that, that's, that's just like, you know that's music to my ears like when you're talking about your grandparents you bought you it kind of intertwined with kicks magazine you know you get it every summer and then yep. when you're you were saying like when your family got your you know when your family got your their citizenship your dad your parents treated you to you know pairs at Foot Locker. man that's just that's a that's an awesome feeling it's just like you know i'm sure like every time you pass by a footlocker like man like it always having a special, <laughs> special place. No, I mean, and it's exactly that. And, and because I think more often than not now, unfortunately, the more modern memories we have of Foot Locker and Champs is either it's a line of disgruntled customers because they didn't hit on that sneakers 
or it's empty because malls have been hit hardest by this pandemic more than anything. Mm -hmm. So it's one of those things that I have to force myself in a way to always look at the good in situation because it can always be worse, but more importantly, it can always be better. And as long as you're somewhere in the middle, you live to see another day. Exactly. Yeah. You know, live, live one day at a time, you know, like you were saying. All right. So next question for you, Rowan. Uh, You currently live in Oregon where it is the Nike and Adidas headquarters you know, that's basically like the, the Mecca, right? The Mecca of yep, sneakers. Yep, yep, yep. So in your own words, how is the sneaker culture, you know, in Oregon and, you know, in its rich history? I always make the joke because we are always complaining and we in this sense, I'm kind of speaking for some of the Portland inhabitants. I'm not going to speak for all of them because God knows how much trouble that can be. But it's one of those things that whenever we see this high heat product, and you see regional specific locations, it's always New York, it's always Chicago, it's always LA. My argument is I still think Portland holds its own in terms of a sneaker city because of you, the fact that you mentioned that you have two of, if not the two biggest industry titans located here. And we also have Under Armour when there was a expansion of some of the Far East companies as well. I believe Li Ning was also headquartered in Portland for a little bit. You would not only see the high heat product, you would start seeing these one of one samples that would just be like, wait, what? Like, I thought that shoe was purple red and you have the red and purple version. Like, wait, what is this? And in that regard, I think nobody can touch Portland. What is really interesting is when you see the faux pas, if you will. So when my wife moved here, one of her first days out, she had, I think, Adidas track pants with Nike shoes. And I'm like, okay, do not say anything. Do not say anything. Let, let, her, let her go on her journey by herself. And it was one of those things that maybe this is a symptom of who I associate with and where I live. Almost 98% of the people I know at Portland have been through Nike because I used to work at Nike. I'm back now. And it was one of those things that she had her best friend who ironically enough was the one person that works at adidas kind of take her aside and be like talika i love you like a sister you've done so much for me bringing me into this friend group and i hope i can do the same for you and talika my wife was like yeah yeah of course please do not mix and match you are killing all of us and it was one of those come to phil knight moments where we're like okay all right let's make sure that going forward we are coordinated and it's funny because it's an absurd statement to make if you are not in Portland, because I know how much of a struggle it is to just get up every morning and put clothes on yourself because you don't know what is going to happen. And sometimes you are very much a slave to your laundry run and you just hope that you are at least coordinated from head to toe in the same brand. But it's one of those things where she's done a great job in terms of humanizing to me, like, Hey, just because you guys think it's okay to do this here, it is not. But it also kind of fosters itself in a way that you had mentioned dead stock coffee when you and I were chatting right before. Like, I can't think of any other place that would have a coffee shop that is so focused on sneakers that A is still going, but it is a thriving tourist spot, if I can even call it that. Like you and I have a mutual friend, shout out to Barry. He had visited Portland. And one of the things that was most exciting to me was hey man, you don't understand how much I want to go to dead stock coffee. And that's one of those things where I'm fortunate that I was friendly with Ian, the owner, but that makes my heart grow 10 times bigger because it showcases to us. And more importantly, it showcases to people that aren't from here that we are truly about that life. Our coffee stores are about that, our consignment stores. So yeah, I mean, it's very much sneaker town USA for me. 
Yep. It's, it's in, in, in fact, the Mecca of, uh, you know, yes, the Mecca. I love that comparison because it is literally, you will be getting whiplash if you are at the right part of town. And cause you're like, what, huh? Huh? Like, how is this possible? How much, like there's global warming in this city because there's so much heat on the feet, but yeah, it's so <laughs> and crazy. I, and, and I can imagine like, you know, the Nike and Adidas employee store, like during release days, I've, I've heard stories where lines are, you know, blocks and blocks just to oh, yeah, you know yeah. buy stuff at retail. Oh, it, it is absurd. And that's how I tell people I got back into sneakers because when I got to Nike, my first two years here, it was a bit of a challenge for me because I started off as Nike as an intern. And when you're an intern, you have 59 of your best friends going with you wherever you want to go because you're all new to this city. You're all proud to tell the world that, hey, we're Nike employees and it may even be for three months, but we are going to make sure that you recognize how amped up we are about that opportunity. And the biggest benefit is the, uh, what you call it, the sneaker pricing or the employee pricing. When I got here converted full time in my first two years, I didn't have those 59 of my best friends. I'm like, what the hell am I doing? Did I make the wrong decision? Then fortunately for me, one of my really good intern friends who I didn't realize was also converted took me under his wing and kind of showcased to me like, hey, this is why we all get excited about working for Nike because you have to have an appreciation of the product. And I remember he would tell me like, I don't care if you want to buy this sneaker or not you are coming with me to every single sneaker release for the next six months because you need to understand how these sneaker releases work. You need to understand who is buying our product. You need to have an appreciation even if you don't want to buy it. And then what I ended up doing was word kind of got out that, oh, you know that kid Ro? He will get you a pair of the employee sneakers if you can't make it. So that's how I began to network because people would reach out to me because we would be in a meeting together or we'd play basketball in the Nike rec league up and be like, Hey, Ro, I, I heard you are like this specialist. I was like, well, let's, let's not speak in such terms. It's just like, if you want these sneakers and I know I can ride or die for you because you're my buddy from whatever aspect of Nike that I met this person through, I would get the sneakers and I would give it to them. And then we would have a chat and that's how like my network began. And then I started feeling like myself again. So I always love that component of the employee store because it allowed me essentially to re-christen myself in a way. That's dope. So let me ask you this, Roland. Uh, how often did you get asked for passes for the employee store? So the passes, not so much because that was the one thing about being mostly friends with Nike folk. Like they really didn't need passes. What would happen is around that holiday season, they would be like, hey, Ro, do you have an extra one? Because, you know, my auntie's coming from Birmingham, Alabama, and I just need an extra pass. I'm like, you know what? I got you, Alex. Here's a pass. So that is the other kind of weird secret about living in Portland at that point, because if people find out you work at Nike, there's a certain hourglass that just gets flipped and you are just counting down the moment until they kind of say, hey, can you get me a pass? And usually for me, I'm, I'm a bit of a troll. So I would sometimes make them work for it and be like, yeah, if you can devise me a poem, that has this a b rhyming structure maybe but at the same time i'm i'm a big softie so i would give passes to the store because ultimately that's the best way you can kind of share a joy about where you work yeah and especially like you know you like you were saying that you know when you went to, your coworker took you under his wing where you know he made you understand the culture of nike why people keep going every saturday and buying stuff so, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, you live in the culture, part of the culture, and 
you also work in the culture of Nike, which is so dope. And uh, this is this will be my one humble brag. And that friend of mine is now a signature designer. He was designing both the Kyrie and the Kevin Durant shoe, Benjamin Natankame. So I gave my cheap plug to him as well. So he was very instrumental in terms of doing exactly what you said, Dundon, of making me appreciate what we have. Because sometimes I think we struggle doing that because we yep. take it for granted. Hey, man, that's awesome, man. And much props to you, you know, Nike community, you know, you guys are doing great. All right, so we're gonna get to the the, the cool part about this um, podcast. So, Rohit, so you are one of the four, uh, you know, hosts who, um, you know, who co-host Sneaker History, which is a podcast slash Discord channel. So, how did it start for you over there uh, at Sneaker History? So, for me, it was really interesting because. I was in the same social circles as Robbie, who is one of my co-hosts. And essentially, if I'm Kanye West, he's Jay-Z, because he was the one that reached out to me and saying, hey, man, I started following you on IG. Notice we have a lot of similar sensibilities in terms of the jokes that we make, the memes that we share. How would you feel about doing a podcast with us? And I said, sure. I mean, I did college radio for three years. And it was one of those things that I think I'm a terrible public speaker. So I always look for opportunities to get some reps in, lack of a better term, because I need to feel comfortable speaking because I don't know what I may end up having to speak about at work tomorrow. Not saying that my work is anything exotic or that, but it's just this weird mental phobia I have of being tongue-tied at the worst moment. So I said, yeah, sure. I mean, if you think it's worth a shot, we can do it. And at that point, Robbie was with Nick and Mike, the three-headed beast that represented sneaker history because they were so prolific at that point like every week they gave you three shows and no show was really the same as the previous one and how they got me was we want to branch out into something that's wider than sneakers and so per Robbie's scouting he had found out that I was a bit of a sports head so he said how would you feel about doing a sports podcast so I said sure so we would record in Robbie's house and he would just say, okay, the topic today is this. How do you want to go about it? And he was so pivotal to me, similar to my friend, Ben. Robbie is the direct result of the person, whether you like me or not, that's speaking to you today. And he was the one that got me to think of ideas in terms of segments and using things like segues. So if I am to kind of do that hosting thing, or if I am to be on a panel on a podcast, I do a couple of different things. Obviously, I want to make sure I represent the brand of sneaker history and myself, importantly, but then I also have to be a good teammate when we podcast. I know I kind of tend to ramble a bit, but if I'm on a podcast with Dan, then I have to make sure that I give him the rock, like a great point guard or like a great quarterback. So it's just finding those opportunities and making sure that I capitalize on them, but at the same time, give a little bit of wiggle room because as you can tell me, Dan, and the best podcaster when there's a back and forth between you and the interviewer or the interviewee. So how did you get started, if you don't mind me asking? Pandemic, in the whole pandemic, you know, like me and my co-host RJ, um, we've been friends for you know, a long time um, and eventually became family. He married my, my cousin. So oh, awesome. it was like meant to be, you know, um, yeah, yeah. and then, yeah, and we always talk on the phone, you know, talk on the phone and then text message. And then we just, you know, one day like, hey, like, you know, we we got so much time on our hands during the pandemic. No one goes anywhere. Let's 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 try doing the podcast. And then, you know, we we're like, all right, let's do it. And then mind you, like I'm in California, he's in DC. 
there's a three hour difference. So we kind of had to like coordinate a time and date. And, you know, he has a, he has a, a baby daughter and I have a, a six year old son. So we kind of have to like find, like, we have to gauge like a good time for us to like record. So, you know, we started June of last year and then now it's like, you're, you're, you're number 45, like 45 episodes later, like, wow, this is like crazy, you know, like just like sharing the, you know, the passion of sneakers and sports and wrestling and just random stuff, you know, small businesses. It's just like, it just organically just happened. Just like, you know what I mean? Like how we we're just talking, like, you know, this is just conversing and a lot of like, you know, just like listening to you and I just like to hear people, we just like to hear people's stories. We want to hear like why you like sneakers, you know, what made you like sneakers. Um, even last year, we actually did a, a sneaker showcase. It's kind of like the, um, someone told it, told me it was like the adult show and tell. So we had like categories. What's your favorite right. shoe? You know, what's your grail? What's the, what's, what's your player price like sneaker that you bought for like, a you know, under retail? So it was cool. You know what I mean? But like right now, um, we're going to probably push it like next year. Cause there's so much stuff going on right now. Um, yeah. It's just like crazy. Like where, even though how busy we are, I we haven't recorded in quite some time, but I always wanted to like, Hey, you know what? I've, I work, I need to like channel all this energy somewhere. So that way I'm yeah. keeping myself sane kind of thing, you know? So that's why I like listening to like sneaker history podcast. Like you guys are great. Like if I describe the four of you guys, like you, uh, Nick, Robbie, and Mike, you guys are like the inside of the NBA of sneaker podcast. Oh, that's very kind of you to say. Yeah, and you, when you were saying that you were you were the fourth member, you're 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 the Shaquille O'Neal of the inside of the oh, NBA. Man. No, that, you're <laughs> making me blush. Only on the only way a grown man can make another man blush, and damn it, Dan, and you've already done it. No, it was just one of those things where. I, this is like one of my stock answers anytime I'm on a podcast is just the best podcasts are the conversations you have with your friends or the conversations you wish you had with your friends. And I did my research coming on the show because I needed to understand the ebb and flow of how this podcast works. And the one thing I can say very clearly, very concisely is the chemistry that you and RJ have is fantastic. And I love how you've been kind of running the fort because all due respect, RJ is doing a very important job right now, serving on that front line. So thank you, sir, for doing that. But when he comes back, I feel like there's going to be that tasteful montage of I'm coming home. Yeah, pretty much the single year coming. It's yeah. going to be great. Yeah. And like I said, like, you know, I tell him, you know, um, he tell you he feels bad. Like, I can't. Like, sorry, man, I can't do it. I said, no, man, like this is, you know, you're doing what what's important. You're being, you know, you're serving, you know, you're you're doing your frontline thing, helping, you know, others. I have, I'm good. You know what I mean? Like I, I hold on the yeah. fort no matter what. So I always try to remind them. You always like, Oh man, like I feel bad. Like, no, don't, don't ever, don't ever like make yourself feel bad that way. So RJ, do not feel bad. You are doing, I'm not a very religious person, but you're doing God's work. If you're keeping you one of us alive, because it's, it's so crazy out there. And I, I tip my hat to you because that's the best way I can summarize it. So yeah. please continue to do that. And you will be back. There's yeah. no question about that. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. All right. So more about the sneaker history, um, Rowett. So not only you guys do the whole YouTube and the podcast, there's also a sneaker history discord. 
So the sneaker history discord is one of like the most, in my opinion, one of the best forums that shares like the love of sneakers and, you know, and more. So how, and I asked this question uh, to, um, to Nick, I also want to say, actually, with your, you know, uh, insight. So how, what does it mean to you when you've seen it grown from, from the very beginning to where it is now as a cohesive and caring community? for special sauce i mean as great as somebody may think our episodes are and there are some pretty good ones it is primarily because we are secretly not only trying to make each other laugh on the episode but we're also trying to get that feedback back from that audience because ultimately tomorrow if we are told that hey you can only make this podcast for that discord i don't think any of us would bat an eyelid we'd be like okay that's cool like that's family that's friends because in a way it also keeps you honest. Like I've had moments where I've appeared unsure on camera on an episode. And it's one of those things that I dread going to the discord because I'm worried, oh, somebody might be like, oh, Ro, we found you out. You don't actually like sneakers. You're not that good. And the feedback that I get is so welcoming, no, no matter what it is. And it's one of those things that it's one of those uh, tired and cliche things of like, you should be not, you should not be afraid to fail in sneaker history and specifically the Patreon gives me that because I feel more confident now to maybe go outside of my comfort zone and talk a little more sneakers and sports because I know at the end of it, sneaker history has my back in a discord sense. And then something you and I chatted about earlier in this conversation as well, the variety of interests are what keep people in there and more importantly, bring new people on because I've introduced it to my brother and he's like, I'm not a sneakerhead, but I love this discord. I love the fact that you guys will literally offer up your raffles. Like, please take my raffle. I don't want this, but if that means you're one step closer to hitting on this shoe that you clearly want, that does more to me than getting that actual pair of sneakers myself. It's something along the lines of the secret Santa where we fill out the 20 questionnaire or 20 question questionnaire. And you're just like, you know what? I can't wait to see the creativity of what somebody is going to give me. And it may not have any monetary value, but the thoughtfulness of the gestures on that secret Santa, or just even something as normal as, I remember there was a chief game that was pretty bad. I'm a big Kansas City Chiefs fan. And I believe one of our listeners just reached out to me like, hey man, I just wanted to say that was a rough loss, but you got this, like you guys will be back this person didn't have any sort of obligation to do that, but because they did that lets me know that there's something there. And it's just, I've talked to other people that are content creators. And the thing that I keep getting back from them is ultimately we would like our community to have some semblance of the sneaker history tendency. And I was like, you know what, that's the nicest thing you can say to me. And you may be able to tell me I'm a great articulator. You may be saying I'm a good orator. But if you tell me that my audience is fantastic, that helps me out because ultimately that's who I'm trying to serve. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like I said, it's it's organically, you know, creating so many avenues and so many interests. When I first joined, like, you know, it'll be a, a year, you know, from last year. Well, happy anniversary. I yeah, so I was like, whoa, look at all these like forums and like, you know, the hot the hot ones are like what you know what you wear today, new pickups, the general forum, off topic. And then now that we have like a common interest now, the the Jabroni chat, where we have all these, you know, closet like wrestling fans just wanna throw like wrestling memes and 
you know, questionnaires, like who's your favorite wrestler, your tag team, your favorite, you know, manager. And then like, I see like, Hey, like, you know, like Mario, shout out to Mario. He just popped out. Yeah. I like, I like this person, that person. And then you, and you're like, how would you feel if we, if we do like a discord, like episode, I know like jokingly said, yeah, like I'll do it as long as I can, I can cut a promo. And then you were like, yeah, maybe that'd be one of the standard requirements. So man, it's no, just I mean, like put it it's, this way. Please go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. no. Go, ahead. go ahead. No, I was just going to say this. It's one of those things that as we kind of chat to Nick about, okay, what do we want to do to take that next step with sneaker history? I think the question always turns to can, how do we broach the subject of going outside our lanes a little, but still staying true to the mission. So it's one of those things that we've talked about having a formula one show because we have a bunch of formula one people. I can't wait to see you cut a promo that is going to pop the entire discord because I truly believe that like the rock finally Danden has come back to podcasting oh, man. and it is going to be epic. <laughs> oh man. You know, like cut like a stone cold, like what, 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 what? Yo. It, and it's just one of those things where like I go, take it back to the fact that it makes me feel so good that your son is quote unquote being taught the right things by going to a wrestling show. But before he goes to the wrestling show, he has to get those grades up. Yep. And if WrestleMania is coming in 2023, I know that young man is going to work his tail off to get oh, he, there in some way, shape or form. That's the goal. I mean, it's a two night event now. It's not just like one night where it drags for like 10 hours. So I told him, you know, you have two years to continue to maintain good grades and, you know, I'm sure at that time, hopefully pandemic is already calmed down by that time. You know, we'll, we'll go to both shows. And I'm actually like happy because that kind of brings me the old kid in me. Because I, I saw yeah. him at, at, at a Staples Center or the Crypto Arena. I saw his joy and just like, I was just like looking at him. I was just nearly like a tear was shedding in my eye. And the pyro, like he was like covering his ears. He didn't know how loud it would be. And like people like shouting and yelling. So, I mean, it's just like a joy, you know? And like I said, when your daughter gets at that certain age, you guys starting to share those like dad and daughter moments, daddy daughter moments, man, I, it's speechless, man. It, like, it's, you can't even put into words. I'm getting goosebumps as you're talking about it. So that's <laughs> probably the coolest feeling I can get. So yeah. if you don't mind me asking, who's his guy or who's his girl? Like who's his absolute favorite right now? Rest, like wrestler right now? Um, yeah. He likes the new day, so he likes like uh, you know Biggie, Biggie, Kofi, Kofi, uh, because he also likes video games too. Because um, Xavier, oh, yeah, they up, 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 down, up, up, down, down, down. So yes. I've, I've shown them like all those previous episodes where they would like play bowling or they'll watch, they'll um, they'll play Mario Kart and you know they would do like the Mario Kart thing in the the ring. So like that kind of like intertwined and had him more interest and. In, when uh, Kofi Kingston won the WWE championship belt like two years ago. And then, you know, he remembered Papa. I remember like when Pop on um, Kofi Kingston, like won the, the belt and then his kids were in the ring. Like he always has those like certain nostalgia memories. And, and now like, he's, he's giving me like stuff like Papa, like, can you tell me about Hulk Hogan? Like, was it like 1983? Like he just like started, like, I don't, he just, I'm not, I mean, I, 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 I don't know where he's getting his information because you know he doesn't watch i mean he watches a lot of youtube like i see what he watches but when he watches wwe programming he sees like hulk hogan and like in the intro and 
he'll ask me like, "Oh, did, did, is, is he your favorite?" Because he's actually my favorite wrestler like of all time, which is Hulk Hogan. Because um, I showed him a picture of him when me and him we took a picture, and he'll always stick out his mind and say, "Tell me more about his finishing move. Like, who did he beat? Was him and Macho Man like the Mega Power? Like, how do you know about Mega Powers? Like, you know, he was just like, I was just freaking out, and then." It's just like a, it's just like a trivia contest. Every time, like we would go in, on a car ride, or we're like eating dinner, so it, it's crazy. And like I said, like wait till your daughter starts talking, Rowan and Daddy. Oh, like, can you tell me about like what's the newest um you know shoe that's coming out on Saturday? Because you know, like my friends, this and that. I think it's cool. Yeah. No, it's it's crazy. Like we, and my wife and I both have things. We're like, okay, minute this kid's ready, like we have to do this as of right now. Like the one thing I'm kind of missing is we had this nightly tradition where I'm reading her the first Harry Potter. I'll do about one and a half, two chapters, just because I want to make sure that a we're reading to her. Cause that's really important in her development as we've heard. And then also it goes back to that thing you and I were chatting about where it's like, it's just reps to sharpen this voice a little. And mm-hmm. it's one of those things where it's like, if she even comes to me and has that Mateo moment where she's like, Papa, tell me why Hufflepuffs are a bunch of basics. I'm going to be like, you're the best. You're my daughter. This is why. <laughs> so like, I get it. I love it. Yeah. The, the day that he said, Papa, can you take me to Hogsworth? I want to go to Universal. Can you um take oh, me yeah. to the train? For sure. I, w- I want to play. I want to, I want to play. I want to go to Hogsworth and, you know, I want to, I want to see Dobby. You know, it's just like, Oh my God. Like, let me just bust out these books already. Let's let's read the books. Let's go. Let's know? read them. To, you read them to me now. I read them to you as a child. You read them to me. There you go. We'll we'll, we'll read the you know the kid version of it. I'm sure there's a kid exactly. version of, of Harry Potter. Yeah. All right. So we're towards the end of it. I uh, would appreciate your time. Um. So just a little you know thing about sneaker back to sneakers. So what are your top five sneakers that you own? Uh. So I've got a couple. So I'm in this weird spot right now. We're actually moving. So I've boxed up a lot of my sneakers, but one pair that came out recently in the sense that I had ordered it and it just came to my house today. So that's why I will use this as a answer to that question is probably my sneaker of the year. We chatted about it in one of the sneaker history episodes and that's the Ama Manye 3. And I think just usually, especially when it comes to Jordans, I tend to be very snobby about the fact that I just want the OG colorways, but this one was just so special in terms of not only the materials used and the colors, like it was a very crisp, clean shoe, but just that story about how it's an homage, I believe, to his mom. And apologies if I get it wrong, please, if you're listening, correct me. I love to be corrected because at least it allows me to uh, retain the material even better. Um, A couple other ones, I really love my Kobe 8 What Does. And it's a flashy shoe. It's probably the flashiest shoe that I owe, but it's also indicative of a time where that's when I got back into sneakers, which was around the pomp and circumstance of the Holy Trinity of KD, LeBron, and Kobe, almost always every weekend having a shoe out mm-hmm. and us having to make the decision of, okay, do I buy the Kobe this week or do I buy the LeBron? And I just love that concept of the what the, so that's pretty high up on my list. I would say the game seven pack of the Zoom Soldier 10s and the Kyrie 2s, just because of the fact that what that represented in that moment, I think it's one of those touchstone moments where we were talking about earlier, you have the Jordan generation that had that shot over Craig Elo. If Kobe's moment was probably that lob that he threw to Shaq against the Pacers. And for me, the 
quintessential LeBron moment is that block he had on Andre Iguodala in game seven. And that's the shoe that he's wearing. And usually we don't get access to those. So that was pretty cool. Uh, one other shoe that I really like, Kyrie for confetti. This is not necessarily a flashy shoe, but it's a shoe that reminds me of my best friend at the time, who is Ben, who became the Kyrie designer. And just watching somebody go through the grind and rise up through the ranks and then finally have that moment where he's made it. And it's just a special shoe for me because it reminds me that we all come from a place where we're humbling ourselves because there are moments in your journey where you're like, why am I doing this again? Like, why am I speaking into this microphone for another 45 minutes? Or why am I drawing these thousands of lines and hoping that a shoe comes out of it? And then when you see that product actually hit the market, it's something else and you get caught up in the hype behind it, but then you also get caught up in the blood, sweat, and tears that are also there. So I would say that Kyrie 4. And then I think one last shoe, I really liked the, I'll go with another Kobe. I love the Kobe 8 Mamba Curial. Something about the fact that it combines my two favorite sports, which were basketball and soccer, and then melding it into a shoe that was so outrageous, but it never felt out of place, whether you were playing indoor soccer or you, whether you were playing basketball. So I would say those five. Wow. Yeah, the Mercurials are dope because like that that pink with the with the with the the neon yeah. green hits, those are sweet. Man. It's sick. What about so Dandon, what's your sneaker of the year, if you don't mind me asking? My sneaker of the year? Um yeah. the ones I've owned or the in my opinion, like well, you you answer that question however you want. Just I what was the say, one sneaker? Yeah, the one sneaker, I would say two sneakers, and they were from the same yeah. company. Um, it would be the undefeated pack, the olive Air Force Ones, because the reason I like those so much, because every time you think of undefeated, you think about the undefeated fours. And when you think about the undefeated fours is the olive colorway. So when I saw that shoe, like the first pictures first, you know, on the internet, it's crazy. Like, wow, this is just like, it has the ballistic mesh. It has like the the new buck suede material that has that nostalgic Jordan four and it has the yellowed soles and the black bottoms. I mean, you know, a lot of people don't like the Air Force ones, but a lot of our discord, like shout out to, to Keith and, you know, um, Barry. Um, and, you know, those are like certain few people that like them. Every time, like I wear, I'm like, man, these are like so dope. I mean, for me, that'll be like the closest thing for me to, you know, closest thing to being a Jordan Ford, like um, undefeated. And then my second sneaker of the year, and like I said, it's a GR. Um, does it bring you joy? I mean, it does bring me joy. Like you that's know, that's all last, that matters. That last episode, I think it was Robbie that said that, you know, what was his favorite cop? I think it was Robbie or Nick. I think it was Robbie. He said. Oh, the undefeated pack, because I got it. I woke up late, picked it up, got it, you know, and I got the other pay, the other colorway, went to the store, right at the store that he went to, it's there. I was like, damn, I, I feel you, Robbie, because that's how I felt. Because like, even that, that undefeated release, everybody was just, you know, rallying each other. Hey, man, like, you know, I know like your size isn't there, but like, if I, if I, you know, if I swing by the, like my local shop or undefeated, let me know. Everybody was nothing but like love because everybody, everybody ate on that day, basically, you know, and then my second pair would be the, uh, 
and I just copped it recently too. Um, the black and purple um, dunks, the 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 the, uh, the Nike uh, undefeated dunks, the first colorway ones. So to me, I was wow. like, these are ugly. And then I think it was either Todd, yeah, I think it was either the Todd or one of the, the Discord members that wore them. And then like I saw Barry like wear them. I was like, man, I need to get them now. So like I got them for a good price. Um, so me, like, I mean, those are just GR. I'm a GR guy. You know what I mean? Like hi- hype stuff is GR cool. stands for great release. Like, there you go. Not, not just general, but it's great because you're able great, to, man. we're at the cop, you know, with all due yeah. respect to, you know, like the, the union fours and, you know, the, the Amonniers, um, you know, those are great. Everybody has like their reason why they copped it. With all the, you know, that's people's opinions. But for me, like, you know, GR, like great release. It was easy to get. I mean, yeah, that's the thing I was going to ask you because I know one of the questions you had for me was, I have to ask you a question. So what are your, what is one sneaker related New Year's resolution? And what is one non-sneaker related New Year's resolution that you hope to? That's a good question. Well, I would say like buy less shoes next for next year, (laughs) Um, which is like, you know, it's everybody's resolution, but you know, at the same time, yeah, I would say um, just try to, slow down i've I've been i was selling stuff i mean i was selling some stuff i didn't need that i didn't need anymore which was good because you know i was like you know i the way i i I see things was like um when i sell something i already have good memories with these sneakers already i want i want to have someone to have better memories than i did you know or create new memories and plus you know like there's a longevity if you have like an older shoe there's that there's that that uh, that time clock already sold we're going to start to crumble you might as well just sell them before that's you know they, they die on you so i would say that you know try to cut down on buying sneakers um and then i guess resolution for sneakers i just hope that and i'm gonna bring it back to the sneaker history um i hope this the uh, the fellowship would continue to become stronger as far as being cohesive everybody is just super chill there's not even one bad apple you know in that in that uh, discord everybody's cool everybody has different personalities uh everybody has like different interests uh but what what bonds everyone like i said is the sneakers the fellowship and you know the camaraderie like who what type of community you know tells you hey man if you want my my spot on on sneakers or you know new balance or like you know like a6 or whatever i got you you know let me know you know what i mean and people say oh what do you want to return i said i don't want nothing you know yeah. i helped out i forgot who i helped out um usmc guy from i forgot his name yeah, from yeah. idaho idaho guy yeah so like i was i, I was able to cop like exclusive access on um on a sakai waffle i put it out there hey anybody want this colorway and then he hit me up all right no problem you know this is how much it costs PayPal me, give me your address. That's it. So it's cool, man. It's just like, it's kind of like we're back in the day. You're, you're homies, you know what I'm saying? But there's no, there's no hidden agendas. You don't got to pay me. Just pay, you know, not a penny more, not a penny less what you, what I paid for or even less, you know, like, like, like I would say another example, like I, I went to Barry's um, uh, toy drive. Toy drive? Yeah. So it was awesome. Right. So, you know, I haven't seen Barry in a while. So what we did was, all right, he had sneakers I didn't want anymore. 
I had sneakers that he didn't want anymore. And we were the same size, kind of like traded pretty much. And then people were like looking at us. We were like, what the hell are you guys doing? I said, you know, like, hey, man, you know, like stuff for that. He like, like I was saying, like, I've had good memories. I want Barry to have good memories with these sneakers and vice versa. It's just cool, man. It's kind of like you're trading trading places. It's a jersey swap, right? Like, I mean, yep. you're a big Washington football team yeah. guy, right? Yeah, yeah. When Chase Young was still there, like he's swapping his jersey with Jack Prescott, or I guess Ezekiel Elliott. I think they're both Ohio State guys. Mm-hmm. So yep. I totally get it. That's how I envision that. Yep, that's, that's, that's what we're doing. We're pretty like sneaker swap. And then like in the yep, whole event, exactly. like, I mean, I've, people were like looking at us like, what the hell? Because I, 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 I kind of came flamboyant, came in in the whole Orlando Magic, like a warm-up jersey. And then it was just funny. Like I was just walking around like, hey, like people were like taking pictures with me. And, you know, I, I was just like having a great time because, you know, my wife like, was like, well, you, look, you look kind of ridiculous wearing that. I said, this is the only time I get to wear this. So like, you know, I'm just, you know, it's cool. You were spreading magic during the holiday season. Never let people take that away. There you go. Because, you know, I believe in magic during this time of the year. So why else did you and I chat about Harry Potter and Hufflepuffs? Because by the way, not basic, very underrated house. There you go. Yeah, I believe in magic, just not the just not the Orlando team. So (laughs) (laughs) boring. Yeah, the bad, bad, bad joke. (laughs) All right, Rowan. So I'm glad we got at least one off. Absolutely. So thank you so much, Rowan. So where can they um so tell us where they can find you and where can they find the sneaker history discord and YouTube and podcast? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Rohizi, on Instagram at m 13 More importantly, you can find us at Sneaker History, all one word, on Instagram. I believe that's also the handle on Twitter. And most importantly, the Discord. You can join the Discord. I believe you have to go through Patreon. And it's one of those things that I'm almost tempted to tell Nick, maybe we need to do a how-to video because... At this point, I want to make sure that there's no ambiguity in how you can join arguably the finest sneaker community in the world today, because not only do we love sneakers, we more importantly love each other. And it's as close to a utopia as we've had in a long time. So I'm very proud to be a part of that. That's dope. That's dope. All right, guys. So that wraps it up with episode 45 with Rohit um, Malhotra. Uh, Thank you so much. Have a good night. Thank you, guys.